everybody. Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. DMAC, Rich Veal, hanging out with you on this Thursday. DMAC, what do you got in your cup? I guarantee it's different when that I got in mine. With the what, what are you drinking through a straw? Orange juice. Oh, okay. Orange juice through a straw. Yeah, that makes sense. You know. No, I just, I'm just going with the coffee. Just regular coffee. Just black coffee. You decided not to use a hot dog with that? You just, just go with the straw? Listen, we're going to plenty of hot dog talk later on in the show. <laughs> why, why, do we, why do we have so much hot dog talk? Hot dogs, it's like the theme of the week for everything. I've seen everybody from ESPN, SportsCenter, Bally, everything talking about hot dogs, too. We are not alone. We're going to get into it in a little bit. What we need to talk about, Chet Holgram, he got injured during a Pan Am game in Seattle on, I believe, Saturday or Sunday. I can't remember which S day it was. Yeah. But he's now out for the entire season. So yeah. it was on Saturday, just an FYI. He's out for the entire season. So obviously a very high draft pick. Everyone was looking forward to seeing him out. So it kind of leads me into the question of, should we allow NBA players to play in outside tournaments, knowing the risk of injury that's out there? Because like Jokic is playing in the Serbia, um, I can't even think of what it's called right now, um, tournament. Anyways, it's happening in, in um, Serbia. Uh, Eurobasket. Thanks to Jake on the back end. He's fantastic. Wow. Nice. Um, nice but could you imagine if Jokic went out for the entire season? Yeah, it'd be disappointing. But these guys, um, inherently part of playing basketball is actually just playing basketball. True. And I, I don't think there's anything inherently riskier about it um, than it's certainly not football or that sort of thing. I don't think you can stop guys playing basketball. I don't think you can. They all do. All of them. They all, I saw a video of Michael Porter Jr. in a run with a bunch of pro guys. It looks pretty good, too. And Jokic is playing in a tournament. Jamal Murray's playing over in Australia. I mean, every every NBA player, every single one of them plays. Uh, Bones Highland was in some sort of. I think he's also in a Pan Am like situation. He game. was doing something, that, and like the teams were like, getting like in a fight or something during the game. Yeah. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I don't know. I, I think. I think just part of being in the NBA and playing basketball is playing basketball. I just think it's, um, no pun intended, a bad break. And it's disappointing. And you know what? Likely, Rachel, um, this type of injury would have happened one way or the other. It's a terrible injury. Liz Frank is a terrible, terrible foot injury. We've, we've known several uh, prominent Broncos, um, specifically Ryan Clady back in the day, who lost serious time because of Liz Frank. So it's a bummer, but I don't think it's going to lead to, you know, stopping playing basketball for basketball players. And for anybody who doesn't know, if you were pretending my hand was a foot, it's like right in here. That's where this injury like occurred. So it's like right around the ligament or on the ligament. And it's just like super unfortunate, but it takes so long because people were saying, you know, it's like four to six weeks in a boot, but for you to get back to NBA speed of basketball, it can take a year. So him missing the season, it kind of adds up. Yeah, it stinks. Um, feel bad for him, but he's a young guy. I'm sure, I hope, he'll recover mm-hmm. just fine. Uh, plantar fasciitis is another serious one. Mm-hmm. That, that, that yeah, Listen, these, these are all, Rachel, repetitive use injuries that just happen. So there's nothing inherently dangerous about what he was doing. Just, um, you know, kind of tough luck. No, and, and if Jokic got hurt um, uh, during uh, some sort of, what, Eurobasket, I mean, I'd be disappointed, but I'm not ups- I wouldn't be upset. I mean, you know, he's going to play competitive basketball. That's that's what makes them good. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have any problem with it. 
That would be the biggest bummer on top of bummers to have MPJ and Jamal come back if Jokic go out. So hopefully, fingers crossed, he starts on September 1st in the Eurobasket tournament. So hopefully he stays safe. That's along with everyone else playing in the tournament too. But speaking of injuries, KJ Hamler spoke with the media yesterday about how he is that close to being back out there. Take a listen. Well, yeah, I feel like I'm, you know, dang near there. So (laughs) I feel like I'm there. Um, but um, just just getting a feel for everything, you know, I haven't seen, you know, I haven't went against anybody. I haven't, you know, just going out there going against PS2 and, you know, a lot of DBs. You know, I haven't seen that in a while. You know, I haven't been around it. So um, it wasn't really it wasn't really nothing new to me. You know, it was just like getting back to where I started. You know, um, knee brace is annoying, but I got to wear it. So <laughs> that's the only thing. But other than that, I'm moving good. It's great to see that KJ Hamler is getting back out there. How has he looked, Mac? He's looked. Good. He's taking some competitive reps. Well, um, I mean, Daniel Hackett spoke as if it was a slight possibility that he could even play on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, he has used these games not to play starters, but he's he's played guys who have starting roles that are, you know, they need to get reps or work, you know, like Calvin Anderson and um, I guess Albert Okwebenam. So, I don't know. I think it'd be all right for KJ to go out and get, you know, six to nine reps, just get some pads on, get a little run out there, maybe get a pass or two thrown his way. Um, I mean, he's going to have to go through that at some point. He's probably behind the other guys in terms of his thorough conditioning and football sort of training. So, I mean, I I don't know what the harm would be. You know, it'd be, it'd be fine by me. I don't Mm -hmm. think he'd be put in any inherently overtly horrible, dangerous situation. And I, I think that's, you know, it depends on the position. And, and listen, Rachel, they can call certain plays to make sure that he doesn't, you know, um, risk the same amount of injury. You know, maybe we're not throwing passes over the middle to K.J. Hamler. Maybe they're just some deep goes or something like that. I don't know. There's, mm-hmm. there's ways to arrange it. I mean, you know, the way we talk about it, it, it makes it feel like well, as soon as you play a preseason game, you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, only – People do get hurt. I'm not trying to minimize it, but it doesn't happen on to every player, every play. I mean, you can go out there and just play football and be okay. No, yeah. I, I think it would be good to see him out there. I think he's chomping at the bit. Nathaniel and Hackett even just like spoke on that. He wants to get out there. He wants to play some football. And just to see how the knee is feeling too, and the hip. Like, the fact that he or underwent surgery for both of those things. Yeah that's tough on your body, man. Like I give it to him that he's got to go out there and he's got to see what it feels like. And maybe hopefully get even a little bit of the nerves out when it comes to going out there on the actual field. And hopefully that means he's ready for week one. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, Rachel, this, the, the, the KJ Hamler story is really an interesting one because first of all, he was the second wide receiver drafted Jerry Judy, then KJ Hamler. Well, why'd you do that? I mean, and everybody that made that decision, by the way, is gone. They're not part of the Broncos. So George Payton is not connected to K.J. Hamler mm-hmm. in any fashion. George Payton picked up Montreal Washington, like in the – where Montreal go? Like the fifth round or something like that? Yeah. I mean, Montreal's played really well. Yeah, and, I mean, I got nothing. I, lo- I love K.J. I think he's a great young man. So let's just take him personally out of it. But why were you drafting – a slot receiver in the second round after taking Jerry Judy in the first round on paper, taking a guy like Montreal Washington to maybe fill that mode fits a lot better. So it is an interesting dynamic that KJ Hamler's more of an Elway guy and Montreal Washington is a George Payton guy. Mm-hmm. So who's to say that Montreal Washington who's played really well 
who's just as fast as KJ Hamler, by the way, and is our kick returner, punt returner, that sort of guy, and KJ isn't. I mean, I know it, it might sound crazy. I'm not trying to get rid of KJ Hamler, but I don't think it's insane that Montreal Washington could possibly leapfrog him. I don't think that's crazy. So you think KJ, it, does KJ have two more years on his contract or is this his last year? He'll have two This is his third year. He'll have one more year after this. Yeah. So you think he's got to do really well this year to remain a member of the Denver Broncos? I, I think, <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean well, right? yeah, I mean, sure. You got to prove yourself all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. we got guys like Jalen Virgil, who's been unbelievable, incredibly fast and is, you know, a bigger physical player than KJ Hamler. We've had Brandon Johnson um, do really, really well. You got a draft pick in Seth Williams, who knows? Tyree Cleveland seems to be a special teams ace, but he's a receiver. And, I mean, Tim Patrick will get healthy at some point. I mean, what was what was K.J. Hamler going to be if Tim Patrick didn't get hurt? I mean, what would his role – what would it have been? So, sure. so I think there's a lot of reasons, by the way, that, you know, it, it may behoove K.J. Hamler to get out on that field on Saturday and just, you know, prove what he can do. Now, when we saw K.J. Hamler healthy, Rachel, Mm -hmm. I mean, dude, it was crazy. And I did just call you dude. But it was it was ridiculous how um, how effective and fast and all that he was. Boy, I hate to be a jerk here, but are we sure that he has all that skill the same way now? I don't know. We could see something on Saturday. Let's go see it. Yeah, that's kind of the big question mark when you come back from an injury is are you able to overcome the injury? Mark Schlereth has talked a ton about it, how you're never going to be 100% again. You have to learn what your new 100% is going to be. So, yeah, I, I would like to see KJ get out there for a little bit. I think it would be beneficial, but obviously we'll look forward to week one in Seattle when he's able to get out there. Um, comment saying it's nice having the depth. We are only one wide receiver injury away from being in trouble, DMAC. I don't know about that. I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not buying into that. There's, there's, there's very solid depth in that department. Um, Quick question though. Are these wide receivers looking really good because they're going up against the third and fourth stringers or are these players actually very solid? Do you think that they could fill in the void if it comes down to having to play with the first team? Well, nobody looks very good going against Patrick Sertan. Let me tell you that. And Amen to in that. Fact, <laughs> in fact, the injury that um, Ronald Darby suffered was when he was defending Cortland Sutton. And mm-hmm. there was a feeling like, man, Sutton's having a rough camp here. Let's get him off, um, you know, Sertan so he can make a play or two. And mm-hmm. it just so happened he landed on Ronald Darby's chest, which couldn't have felt good. Yeah. No, I, I think I think the Broncos – listen, the, the only reason I was hesitating there is the position itself – as you've heard, is a dependent position, okay? Meaning you depend on somebody to get you the ball. I think the level of talent is equal to whoever can get Russell Wilson, get them the football. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw Kendall Hinton make this crazy one-hand catch out of bounds against Buffalo, and he's had a really good camp too. He catches everything. So, no, I think – I think we're fine. You know, again, the only reason I'm hesitating, again, is so much of this depends – on Jerry Judy being the player that we think he truly can be. And to me, that's a much bigger question than KJ Hamler. And you know what, Rachel, in all honesty, I think there's going to be some amazing things by uh, Jerry Judy. I think there's going to be one game, one game where something's going to be messed up. And it's going to be that one game that if we had Tim Patrick, the Broncos win. And because we don't, we lose. I, I got them losing 
one game on the season because of the loss of Tim Patrick. Okay, well, fingers crossed that Tim Patrick is still doing well in recovery. We know he under or went under surgery a couple weeks ago, so we can't wait to see him get back out there. But Jerry Judy is a whole other discussion we can have, and we'll definitely do it as we get closer to September 12th as well. But we need to talk about some hot dogs, DMAC, because there is a viral video going on. We talked about this yesterday of a man using a hot dog as a straw to slurp beer at a baseball game. Well, our very own Jake Shapiro was on the show yesterday, too, and you came up with this crazy idea for him. So let's take a look back at yesterday. How many hot dogs do you think you could actually bring back from the stadium today? See, they have the dot. They limit it. They're smart. They give away coupon when you get to the game. So I'd have to go from gate to gate trying to be like, hey, my brother didn't get a coupon. My sister didn't get a coupon. Dinger didn't get a coupon. Dude, I, I, hey, Jake, I will give you 50 bucks to bring back as many freaking dollar hot dogs as you possibly can to the studio. I think that would be a riot. And DMAC, because you are just somebody who. We all get inspired by for ideas, I should put it that way. And you make these ideas come to life. I think sometimes they just kind of come to you and you're like, we need to make this happen. Well, our very own Jake Shapiro did, in fact, make hot dogs appear at our station yesterday. So let's go on a quick little journey with Jake to experience what he went through yesterday. (laughs) Take a listen. We're at the Coors Field Press Box, Jake Shapiro here for 104.3 The Fan, and the guys with the drive, D-Mac and Tyler, have tasked me with getting as many hot dogs as possible from Coors Field in Lodo to the Tech Center where our radio station is. And the challenge here really is that I biked to work today, and it's like a 20-mile bike ride, and I have like three laptops, so we'll see how this goes. Are you, are you doing hot dogs? Can I get one for me and my brother? Yeah. Thank you. Two, right? Yeah, yeah, two. Okay, so I've picked up two hot dogs, one for me and my brother. Um, the problem we're going to run into, it says one hot dog per person. So I have no idea how this is going to be pulled off. But we've got two down. I think the strategy is to hide them somewhere and come back and get them. But we'll see what I can do. Yeah, okay, there's a sour talk too. Uh, no, thank you. New strategy, I've got some help here. We're leaving the hot dogs here while I go and get them from the stand, a different stand that I've not gone to yet, so we're gonna try this. I ditched the hot dogs at one of the ketchup and mustard stands, and now I gotta walk halfway around the stadium to the next hot dog place that has dollar hot dogs since one of the places ran out of dollar hot dogs. Uh, We're up to seven, I think. So we've got the dogs here. My friend watched them. All right, we're leaving Coors Field. Hot dogs, transit, en route. Um, Yeah, this is not sketchy at all. Let's get to DTC from Lodo. Look, I I made it to the tech center, barely. All right, we've got the hot dogs here. I made it to the office, really sweaty. It's 90 degrees here in Denver. You ready? Hot dogs here, get your hot dogs here. Dollar hot dogs, get your hot dogs here. Let's go. We had a couple bucks. Let's go, Jake Shapiro. That's what I'm talking about. Ah, that's great. That's great. Okay, first of all, did you see the amount of sweat on Jake's back from the workout he had to do, DMAC? Oh my god, I didn't notice that in the studio. That was kind of gross, actually. 
No, you know what? I believe it was a workout. You got to feel his e-bike. That thing is not light. No, see, I was so I, – I, I give Jake even more credit because oh usually dollar hot dogs, Rachel, they're, they're small. They're wrapped up in cellophane. They're cheap. You know, they're, they're tiny. They're like, you know, like so big and wrapped up. And I was just like, oh, you just got a backpack, right? Or a bag. You just like throw like a bunch of them. The hot, the dollar hot dogs at Coors Field were, did you see them? They were normal hot dogs. They were huge. They were guard. He actually brought in a foot long. Nobody gives away dollar hot dogs and it's a foot long. Never mind. They were the regular size hot dogs. That, nobody does that. Dollar hot dog day is always the tiny little ones wrapped up. You could just you could put them in your pocket, you know, whatever. I had no idea the challenge that we had given Jake because I couldn't imagine that they were just selling the regular, I don't know, what do they go for? Six, seven dollars? Yeah, they're not cheap. Right? This, this is how we know Coors Field and the Mumfords are for hot dogs and beer over baseball any day. They they True. understand why you go to Coors Field for the experience, not for the game on the field. That was bananas what Jake did. So much more than I I I, I never would had I known they were real size hot dogs. I, I swear to God, I would never I wouldn't have asked him to do it. The, the the fact that he did do it and figured out how to do it with a box where he gets. Yeah, where did you get the box, Jake? Let us let us know. Box from like, let's think about that for a second. And I just can't imagine, like, as he's leaving, people looking at him, being like, "All of these hot dogs." (laughs) It's insane. And then the the storage of the hot dogs. Well, he got more hot. See, again, again, I swear to God, I thought it's just like you know, he always has a back. You just stick it in your backpack. You just stick like 30, 40 hot dogs in a backpack. There's no way you could have stuck those in a, a backpack. Oh no, my gosh, no, it would have ruined all of your stuff. It would have smelled. It would have been awful. But Jake says printer paper. So I'm guessing he got out of the press box. So he was resourceful. There's so many great elements to that story. First of all, that the Rockies are doing dollar dog days. It's a Tuesday game against the Rangers. Nobody was at the game, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe, and they, maybe they were just getting rid of inventory. Maybe, maybe that's what it was all about, to be quite honest with you, because they knew nobody was going to be there. So there's that. Then there's the fact that Jake actually had an e-bike, didn't have a car, and had to figure out how to get back on the e-bike. But here's the craziest thing of this entire story, which sounds nuts. He stuck around after the game to talk to Bud Black. Rachel, the Rockies lost 16-4. to What? What insight was He's a Jake? good journalist. Got to talk to Coach or got to talk to the What? What? What in the world do you ask a, a manager of a team that's 33 games out of first place about a Tuesday game that nobody was at that you just lost by 12 runs? Like, why are you even talking to him? Oh so I, I, I look at Jake, got to know what Austin Garber is up to. Yeah. Trust me, what Jake was doing with the hot dogs and what we were doing was far more entertaining than anything that was happening on the field yesterday. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Uh, Huge shout out to Jake for doing the challenge that he got and for making it work, for riding his bike all the way down to the tech center. Wait, hold on. I got to ask Jake. (laughs) Think about this, Rachel. What did he do with the hot dogs when he went to go talk to to Bud Black? What happened? There he is. Like, did you have somebody guarding the the 20 something hot dogs while you went and asked Bud Black about the 12 run loss? 
I kept my bag and all my other stuff up in the press box. And I had the hot dogs on, in the printer box underneath my seat in the press box. Uh, so it was appeared like they were being used and they were going to be used. Uh, normally, when I go downstairs to talk to the clubhouse, you bring your stuff because you're out the door at that point. So there was also oh, the challenge. Yeah, I left it. There was also oh. a challenge of me not getting locked inside of Coors Field, which has happened a few times. Oh, my God. Why in the world did you go and talk to Bud Black? Why didn't you just leave? You had all those hot dogs. Why didn't you just leave? It was one of the first games we've covered this year. I felt like it was a bad use of credentials if I just showed up and took a bunch of hot dogs and didn't actually hey, use any of the Bad use of credentials. You spent the entire game searching for hot dogs. I actually spent the entire game writing a Carl Durrell column, and I spent two innings searching for hot dogs. Oh, my gosh. It was too good. Well, Jake, job well done. Uh, You're going to have to keep us updated once you hit the airwaves again because we go 15 hot dogs, made it to the station. Will there be 15 hot dogs when you get there? (laughs) Well, and there's a twist because our own Zach Bai had a sandwich issue. Like uh, Ross from Friends at Work, you know, you know, eating the moist turkey sandwich from Monica. Um, there was an issue with somebody eating Zach's lunch. And I won't go into all the details, but Zach, you know, Zach was upset about it. And when, when Zach gets upset, Zach gets very upset. So Zach was upset about it. Um, so I'm uh, another layer of this story. We, nobody ate any of the hot dogs Jake brought in last night. We, we put them in the box on a table in the, you know, bullpen area. And there's a note on them that says, for Zach By and Zach By only. So we left 15 hot dogs for Zach By. So it is an interesting question. Now, Zach has, as long as Zach doesn't mind, you know, heating some hot dogs up, he's got plenty of food. And we made sure that it's only for Zach. So, yes, we will have some drama in the next couple hours to see who in the world just consumed all those hot dogs? Oh, just so gross. Um, I did want to point out this comment, DMAC, for you from John. He said, so happy to hear y'all. It's been a long time since I've last heard DMAC. Sadly, we moved to Dallas from Denver, and Denver will always be home. Hard to find Bronco fans out here in the blast furnace of the U.S. So happy to have you, John. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Thursday. We love it. But we need to get into a little bit talk about revenge games. So there's going to be three revenge games this upcoming fall in the NFL, DMAC. Do you know what three they are? Uh, well, obviously, I'll look at the graphics. Russell Wilson in uh, Seattle. I'm guessing Deshaun Watson against the Texans and yeah. Baker Mayfield against the Browns. How am I doing there? Yep, you did sure. great, but the, the picture helps you out a little bit. But yeah. Um, yeah. I need to know, which one of these is going to be the biggest revenge game? Um... The, the one that will attract the most attention will be Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, so what? Yeah, because he's going to come back. That's yeah, he goes 11. to Houston, too. Like his first game back after suspension. Yeah. Well, I mean. Funny how the NFL works like that, anyways. Yeah, I mean, let's just think about the drama of that, right? I mean, you're mm-hmm. going to have two and a half months building up to it and then him coming back. And I don't even think that's all that fun, to be honest with you, um, because of the circumstances surrounding Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, uh, our, our revenge game is terrific. It's, it is interesting talking to so many people in Seattle, as we've been doing for the past couple of weeks to realize just how sick of Russell Wilson, so many people were and, and how they're trying to justify 
him leaving is a good thing. And I, I think they're somewhat delusional on that. And now they um, have Geno Smith and Drew Locke in a fighting quarterback battle. Love yeah, man. They, they, I mean, Pete Carroll said we, we may have two number ones. Um, Which I'm know, pretty sure that means you don't have a single number one. Well, that's right. And Pete Carroll even acknowledged that. And it's, if you see a band and they have two drummers, you know, one of them sucks or, yeah. or maybe they're both bad <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, you know, I don't know what to say here, Rachel, on that. I, I, if the Broncos cannot beat Seattle with them doing what they're doing to quarterback, I mean, I think that's a lot of pressure on the Broncos. Seattle's got nothing to lose. Nobody expects them to do anything this year. Yeah. All the pressure's on the Broncos there with Russell Wilson coming back. And, and that's a critical game for the Broncos. You gotta, you've got to beat the teams that you should beat who are in bad circumstances. Do you think he's going to get booed? Yes. Oh, you do? Yeah, I think it's going to be a mixture. I think it's I feel be- like the media is, I'll use the word hate loosely, but is anti-Russell Wilson more than the fans almost are. Because I see a lot of people responding on Twitter, and they're like, ah, Miss Russ, can't believe we're dealing with this. Where's Russ? And then you obviously see some people that are like, oh, my gosh, you can't play football anymore. Get him out of here. But I'm just wondering if the media is making it a little bit more anti-Russ than what we think. Well, this did happen in Denver in a different sport with Carmelo Anthony. When he was drafted, he was a great player, went to the playoffs every year with Carmelo Anthony. And then the feeling was Carmelo wanted to to go. And -hmm. there was pressure, kind of similar. Carmelo was married to a famous person too, Lala Mm -hmm. Anthony, who is, uh, you know, a celebrity of her own right. And there there, there felt like there was a push that she wanted him to leave. He wanted to go. And so there was this built-up animosity. So when he returned, it was a mixture, Rachel. It was a mixture. But, I mean, this is, like, you know, so different. I mean, what is going to happen when Nazem Kadre comes back to, to Colorado? I mean, it's going to be a, a, a standing ovation. It could, it could go for mm-hmm. five straight minutes. Everybody will applaud. Everybody will love him, that sort of thing. There's no way Russ is like that with the Seattle uh, fan base. I, don't, I think he's, he's going to be like Carmelo Anthony. There are plenty of applause. There was like a video tribute. He was waving at the fans, but there was a hefty amount of booze and resentment pushed along that way because sports fans of teams do resent when athletes appear to not want to be part of their team slash part of their city community family. It hurts. It's different when they're free agents and they go away or they're traded. When you push your way out of a town, a situation, you become an enemy to a lot of people, not everybody, but to a lot. How do you think, I know Russ has said, oh, it's not emotional, whatever. How do you think he'll handle that? Because he still calls Seattle home. Well, apparently he's a robot. He said he never gets nervous. Uh, you know, I don't get nervous, which. I feel like that's a lie. Seems to be a non-human emotion to not get nervous. But I, I think he'll be fine. I, I think there's a certain amount of confidence, arrogance that goes along with playing that position at a very high level that you need. And I think he's got that. Um, it's certainly a place that he's familiar with. And frankly, Rachel, uh, once it, it, all that stuff happens, like pregame leading up to it, mm-hmm. you go through a series or two, and then it's, it's, it's a football game. And, you know, it's not that I played in that circumstance, but I've talked to so many athletes over the years that have told me that, that after a while it just becomes a game. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's moments. I know when Peyton Manning went back to Indy the first time, it, it, was, it was crazy. It was wild. But he was beloved. I think there's more pressure like that 
I think there's more pressure when you go back and everybody loves you because yeah. you want to perform. When you have the deck, uh, the 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 deck stacked against you, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. That gets your competitor vibe going. And, and Manning did not play well in that particular game, and he lost to the Colts in the playoffs as well. Peyton against the Colts, not great, by the way. If you go back and look at you know his his past there. I think Russ is just going to be just fine. I don't know if the team's going to be just fine, Rachel, because <laughs> we haven't seen him play. We don't know, really. Uh, so that, that's a different question. I'm so ready for September 12th, but we only have a few minutes left, and I want to get to this with you, Mac. So we're going to be rating, or grading, I should say. I need to stop saying rating. Grading okay. fantasy football names that people sent in to us. Are you ready for this? Let's go. Okay, let's do this. All right. And actually, we're going to change – we're going to do this little, this little screen. Can we do a different screen? Oh, no, I guess we can't. Okay, Big Time Russ is one of the names. What do you, what do you think? F. Boring. That's what I said. All right, next one. Last year's champ. Again, boring. C minus. Don't rust to conclusions. Oh, my God, the puns. D. A D? Okay, I give that one a C. Um, Russell Wilson's door opener. There you go. That's a solid B, B plus right there. I like that. All right, yeah. here we are. Going off of this video, Russ, when he was walking out for um, preseason game number like one. Like an angel, like Pat McAfee. Like, like an, an angel. angel. Hey, you, missed, you missed it. You missed the door, Russ. I hope there. that guy dresses up like, like that guy in the tux or the suit. But Call of Duty, what do we think? It's a pun, but that's a good pun. I'll give that a B. That's pretty good. Call of Duty after Call of Duty, the modern yeah. warfare game. Okay, next. Miller time. Uh, I guess that's a Vaughn thing. C. That's not very creative. All right, next. Let's go. Oh, yeah. How to catch a Prater. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I guess that's my my favorite one. That was your favorite. I think Russell Wilson door openers is my favorite. I think Uh, that's a good one, too. Uh, Those, those, all right. I'll give. uh, I'll give the door openers an A. I'll give the uh, how to catch a Prater an A minus. I all guess right. you gotta. I, is that what you gotta do? You gotta have puns. Yeah, puns? I think it's all pun worthy nowadays. Uh, some okay. of them were very basic. Some of them definitely were funny. Keep sending them in, everybody. We would love to hear your fantasy football names too. Um, but Dmac, we have an update to the hot dog saga because our oh. very own Zach By has responded. Let's see. Oh, oh. Just head on in and look to your left. <laughs> oh, I don't have to get lunch today. <laughs> These freaking guys, man. That's what you get when you're a baby. Oh, my God. Look at that. Yes. Look, Look at that mystery meat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Happy eating. Oh. Official Rocky Dogs. What am I going to do? This <laughs> <laughs> is so gross. Mystery meat, he says. And he apparently also started his show with what the heck is going on around here? <laughs> well, that's that's awesome. And I'm glad Zach's got a, obviously a good sense of humor and having fun with it. But there's Brandon Stokely calling him a baby. I know. Beast oh, my God. Man, what a guy. What a guy. All right, everyone. That's going to do it for Mac and I. Thanks so much, as always, for hanging out with us here on Coffee Break. Tomorrow, Cecil and I, we're going to be breaking down Everything that you need to know ahead of Saturday's preseason games. We will see everybody then. Bye, everyone.